0: Hey there, how are you? All right, so this morning, just let me tell you a little bit where I've been. Lately I've been reading an autobiography of George Jones, the uh, the country music singer, not the realtor over in Wythe County. I don't know if there's actually a realtor over in Wythe County named George Jones or not. Feel free to find out for me. Let me know. If so, though, you're going to have to start calling me Prophet the Trav. All right, but anyways, anyways I'm about a quarter of the way through so don't spoil it for me if you've already read the whole thing. But there have been so many stories of how you know his drunkenness in the 60s and 70s led to fights and lawsuits and broken bones and getting stabbed. And my first instinct is to think, why would you pursue anything that brings that much unrest and unhappiness into your life? But truthfully, we all have times when we allow things into our life that cost us peace. Last week, Chad kicked off our study on spiritual fruit, and we find those listed over in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. So today, we are going to focus in on peace. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the word peace? We tend to think of peace between separate nations, right? An absence of war. Well, the Bible tells us that one of the products of the Holy Spirit is peace. But we look at our world, and it's not really a peaceful place. So world peace isn't what this is referring to. And I think that it's amazing The way that the Bible, you know, the Word of God, you know, word upon word, verse upon verse, just kind of builds itself to make up this remarkable love letter and guidebook for life that we call the Bible. So when Paul writes this letter to the Galatians, he's restating something that Jesus had already said a few years prior. Jesus promised to send the Spirit And he promised the Spirit would bring peace. Here's what he said, John 14, verses 26 and 27. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus had already promised that the Spirit would bring peace. And when we look at his statement, we get a clear picture, okay? This is a personal form of peace. The Holy Spirit gives peace unlike what others can experience. So when my life isn't happening the like I want my life to happen, there's peace in knowing there's a greater plan at work. There are loved ones who have beaten us to heaven and we just want to talk to them again or we just want to hug them again. Outside of Christ, there's no peace. There is no reconciliation with that pain. That's not a type of peace the world can understand because that peace comes from knowing that through Christ that reunion with that loved one is possible. When anxiety and feelings of doom or feelings of personal failure enter the picture, there's peace in knowing that God is bigger than whatever I face. God is bigger than any mistake I've made. So today, we're going to take a little bit of time and look at three areas where you, if you're a follower of Christ, if you are a spirit-filled believer, can have the fruit of peace in your life. If you get nothing else from this, and I think you can get much more else, then I want you to get this. I have a right to have peace. Now say that with me. I have a right to have peace. Now do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Take that home with you. Jesus stated it. Paul reiterated it. And I'm here to re-reiterate it to you today. The world has problems and dissatisfaction, but guys, you are in the world, but not of the world. So you have a right to have peace in your life. Now, having a right to something, knowing your right, and exercising your right, those are separate things, right? Some of you have experience, you know, before they, uh, they haul you away, and take your picture for the Tri-Cities Busted. The police will read you your rights. And some of you know what that's like. Okay, I really just said that to see which of you husbands and wives are going to nudge each other. And I have some questions for some of you afterwards. But, you know, you've all seen TV shows and movies to know how it goes. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. But you are able to give up those rights. If the officer of the law asks you what happened, you can give up your right to remain silent and tell him all about it. You can choose to uh, surrender your right to a lawyer and act as your own attorney. So knowing your right and exercising your right are different things. Well, as a Christian, you have a right to peace. But you act... But you can act in a way that isn't in accordance with those rights. When two nations are at war, when they go to end the war, what do they do? They sign a treaty, right? Today, we're going to think of those things that we do that surrender our right to the spiritual fruit of peace as our treaty breakers. Do you want peace? You'd be crazy not to, right? I have never asked anyone, hey, how are you doing? And they said, you know, Trav, I could be better. I just don't feel that I have enough strife in my life. It's never happened, okay? So let's talk about how we can have this fruit, peace, in our lives. I believe there are three areas of our lives where we can exercise our right to have peace. First area where we can exercise that is peace with God. We can have peace with God. Romans 8, 1 tells us, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So one thing that treaties do is they establish boundaries. If if a section of land is in dispute and two countries go to war about it, then when a treaty is signed, it's going to set boundaries. Country A has this much of this land. Country B has this much of this land. If we want peace with God, that comes with boundaries in our lives. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, right before Paul lists the spiritual fruit that we're discussing, he draws some very clear boundaries, right? Galatians 5:19 through 21 kind of lists all these. I'm not going to read all of them, but it tells us that those who choose to live outside God's boundaries for living will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you can't live a sexually immoral life. You can't sow dissension and then claim your right to spiritual fruit. About an hour down the road, there's a street in Bristol called State Street. If you've never been to State Street or if you haven't seen the Geico commercial about it, the Virginia-Tennessee border runs directly down the middle of State Street. So if you're on one side of the street, then you're in Virginia. You walk over to the other side of the street, and it's welcome to the volunteer state, all right? Growing up, I used to buy comic books at a store that was on the Virginia side. The guy who owns the store, his name is Rob. About 10 years ago, Rob moved his store over to the Tennessee side. Tennessee doesn't have a state income tax, so their sales tax is about double what you pay in Virginia. So if I go there for for comics now, I am going to pay more in tax. It's not going to matter if I remind Rob that he used to charge me 4.5% because it's not his choice. The border matters. I can't cross the border and not pay the price. We can't live disobedient lives and expect the peace that goes with living for God. The fact is, God loves you too much to let you feel at peace when you're living in a way that brings harm to yourself. So that's the border. You can live by the flesh, or you can live a spiritual life that is fruitful. We can't live a sinless life, but either the Holy Spirit or sin is going to rule in your life. So when we talk about these spiritual fruits, these are promised to those who love Jesus. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. We can't claim to love Jesus and be in defiant, open disobedience. If we try, that's a treaty breaker. If we try, that is a declaration of, of war. So if you feel out of sorts, if you feel you have no easiness and no peace in your life, maybe this is where you need to start examining. How is your walk with God? Do you have a walk with God? Romans 128 warns us of the consequences of living outside God's boundaries. It says, furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind, so they do what ought not to be done. So if we are living in open disobedience to God, that is a treaty breaker. Back in the book of Exodus, God sent Moses to Pharaoh with a message, Let my people go. And, and the Bible tells us Pharaoh heard Moses, but he wouldn't let them go. And so God sent plagues upon Egypt and upon Pharaoh. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And God would send another, another plague. And it tells us God hardened, or, or Pharaoh hardened his heart. But eventually, after several rounds of this, it tells us God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So eventually, God said to Pharaoh, Alright, as you wish. And here's the deal. If you choose to continually reject God and live outside of His boundaries, eventually God may say, as you wish. Now who gets to decide that? Only God. I don't have the right to write anyone off and say, okay, God would never deal with that person. That's not my place. We just go on loving people We go on showing kindness to people. But if God chooses not to lay conviction on someone any longer, that's God's decision, not ours. But we can't personally expect to live outside of God's boundaries and experience spiritual fruit. But what happens when we abide by the terms of a treaty? Then you have peace, right? When two sides abide by a treaty, they have peace. Have you ever had a day where everything went wrong. I know a few years ago, I got up one morning, I had forgotten to set my alarm, so I'm running late, I try to get myself ready and get out to work, and I'm in a rush. On the way out to my car, I step in a surprise that a neighborhood dog has left in the yard, and so basically for the rest of the day, I smelt not too good. And there were other things, little things like that throughout that day, Have you ever had days like that? When you have a day like that, you say, when it rains, it pours, right? So it pours. But with God, it works the other way too. With Jesus, it's like the best buffet of blessings that you could ever experience. You get your sins forgiven, all right? You don't go to hell. You get to go to heaven. You get the Holy Spirit And these spiritual fruit included love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So if we want to have peace with God, we have to be aware there are borders. But the next area where we can have peace in our lives is this. We can have peace with others. Romans 12, 18 tells us this. Do the best you can to live in peace with everyone. One of the biggest treaty breakers you can allow into your life is comparison. There's the obvious, you know, why does this person have the car I want? Why does that couple look like they have the perfect relationship? Why can't I have her hair? Why can't I have hair? It isn't hard to see how that kind of comparison could hinder peace in our lives. But there's a more subtle thing we do. And if we want to have peace with the people around us, we need to let go of this. What we do is we compare how we feel about someone to how we think they feel about us. I was checking out at a grocery store a while back, and her cashier, she was probably about 19, 20 years old, was talking to the cashier of the next line. And she said, I sent my boyfriend a message on Facebook I can see that he's read it, but he hasn't responded to me. I think you young people call that leaving you on open. But she seemed really distraught over it. That wasn't something I had to cope with back in my dating days. There was no Facebook. I didn't have to know whether or not Holly had read a message and just hadn't responded. But what was her concern? Maybe he doesn't love me like I love him. Because if he loved me, like I love him, he wouldn't have left me on open. Sometimes we feel animosity towards someone else because we build a version of them in our own minds and then they didn't live up to what we expected from them. If that person loved me like I love them, they wouldn't have hurt my feelings like that. Or they would have remembered my birthday. When, when we think like that, we are creating a situation where we feel rejected by a fictional version of a real person. That would be like me deciding, you know, if Robert Downey Jr. knew me, we would be best friends. And then getting mad because Robert Downey Jr. hasn't texted me lately. If you get mad or disappointed at a real person, because they aren't your idealized version of themselves, then you're breaking a treaty. You are denying peace where there ought to be peace. And what's going to happen? We're going to end up getting mad and create an argument, probably over something completely unrelated to what you're even mad about, because we're holding on to animosity they don't even know about. So a lot of times, we don't have peace with others because we are looking to them to be something they aren't meant to be. What if you handled it a little bit differently instead? What if you exercised your right to peace? What if you allowed the Holy Spirit to point you to what Jesus did for you? And your first instinct is to say, he died for me. Yep, that's love that's true, but it's only part of the story. What's the most beautiful place you can think of? Is it the Appalachian Mountains, a beach somewhere, the Grand Canyon? That place is on a world that is scarred by the curse of sin. Think about being all-powerful and in a place more beautiful than you have ever seen or been to but you see humanity's greatest need. Think about never having any aches or pains, never stubbing a toe, never feeling hunger, but you see humanity's great need for a Savior. And you choose to enter the picture in a body that feels pain and hunger. Think about the king of the universe choosing to become an impoverished child than a teenager who has to learn carpentry to help his family make it. It's not just a trial and execution. It's three decades of being royalty, living in poverty, dwelling amongst the sick, the blind, the sinners, years of preaching and teaching that we can be reconciled with God. Yeah, Jesus died for you but he also lived for you. Put yourself there. For 33 years, the plan for your life is to be beaten, to be mocked, to carry your cross and the weight of the sin of the world up a mountain and give up your life. What is that? What kind of love says perfection isn't enough? I love her. I want her to be able to live like a queen. I love him. I want him to live like a king. So if you lose peace within yourself thinking that's my best friend, but am I their best friend? Or I love him way more than he loves me. Then I would suggest that you may be looking in the wrong places for validation. If you keep it in front of you, that through Christ, you are at peace with God, then you can be at peace with others. We should work towards having peace with others because it's a good reflection on ourselves and on Christ. We don't really want to be around someone who is always in fighting mode, someone who's always trying to start arguments, do we? God has called us to be peacemakers. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. There isn't a whole lot of peacemaking going on in our world today, is there? So we might be short on spirit-led people. That's called an opportunity. When everyone else is seeking opportunities to argue and lose friends, and upset people. If we choose to be peacemakers, that will stand out. And maybe you're thinking, that's great, but my platform isn't that big. Then I got news for you. There are more people watching you than you realize. And, and I don't mean to freak you out because I know some of you are already worried that you're on the government's or Apple's or Google's radar. But to the government. Apple, and Google, you are one out of hundreds of millions. But you have a bigger influence than you realize. Think back to when you were in school. Were there classmates you noticed, but you didn't know if they were even aware that you existed? In some cases, maybe a member of the opposite sex that you thought was kind of cute, all right, or maybe just they were the super coolest person around. man, If I could just be friends with that guy, then I'd be cool by association. I believe most of us can relate to knowing of someone, but not really being acquainted with them. So if there is someone like that, who you've paid attention to for whatever reason, at school, at work, maybe even at church, then is it likely that there are people out there, and you have their attention even if you don't know that you have their attention. Most of us parents are aware that we have influence over our children and that's serious stuff, but you also need to know you have more influence than you realize. So if you are sowing strife everywhere you go, somebody is noticing that. But if you are seeking to be a peacemaker, then people are going to see that in your life. Because guess what? That is rare. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. He didn't say who would call you that. Though. Maybe he meant the Father. But is it possible he also meant that other people could call you that? You know, look at John. That's a, he, he's, he's kind to everybody. That is a child of God right there. Look at Susie. She's always patient. That is a child of God right there. You can find fault in anyone. You can find fault in any situation. There's no challenge. There's no talent involved in that. Or you can make a choice to be someone who shows kindness and patience. So if you want to have peace, in your life then you need to choose to be at peace with others so we can have peace with God we can have peace with others finally we can have peace within 2 Corinthians ten five says this and we tear down every proud idea that raises itself against the knowledge of God we also capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ here's the deal You don't pick every thought you have, but you have the right to take your thoughts captive and decide what you're going to do with them. That's a good one. I'm going to keep it. Or that one steals peace, so I'm letting it go. Have you ever argued with someone, and then later you think of the perfect thing you should have said? Man, I would have really put them in their place if I had thought of this then. If I ever get another chance, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Does the other chance ever come around? No. So what are you doing? You're driving yourself crazy. You are literally robbing yourself of peaceful moments by trying to fix a moment you can't and won't get back. Rather than try to solve time travel so you can go back and win an argument that you had 15 years ago, what if you made a treaty with yourself and you took that thought captive and you choose to learn from that but not live in that moment anymore? When we learn from our mistakes instead of wishing we had a do-over, growth happens. If you aren't intentional about your past, you'll live there. And that means, instead of letting your past improve your future, you end up reliving those emotions and disappointments that you had back there. Do you need to make peace with your past? Maybe you had a parent who made you feel like you were never good enough. Maybe you've had worse than that. It's okay to ask for help in dealing with that so that you can have peace about it. But guys, there are so many ways that we rob ourselves of peace. Does your social media bring you peace? Do you scroll through Facebook and get angry when you see people in favor of mass or when you see people opposed to mass? Are you upset that Carol Baskin isn't in jail? Do you get frustrated because nobody seems to have as much common sense as you have? Are you frustrated because nobody else seems to be as woke as you are? Why aren't they opening things up? Why aren't they shutting things down? I'm mad at Bill Gates. I'm mad at people who don't like vaccines. All of them Democrats. All of them Republicans. Are you scrolling and feeding your anger till it's building up inside you? I've seen way too many Christians showing way too little grace to other believers lately. If your burden level is up here, and your peace level is down here, then it's probably time that you quit minding business that isn't your own. When you go through your daily social media routine, is your mind calm? If not, then you are declaring war on yourself. If your life is a war zone, is that from God's Spirit? I don't know if you're aware, but this is a presidential election year. It ain't going to get prettier anytime soon. People aren't going to suddenly decide to become more civil. People aren't fixing to be more kind. If you're fed up with what you're feeding yourself, then stop eating it. When you come across these treaty breakers, it's okay to borrow from Bob Dylan and say, it ain't me, babe. Nah, nah, nah. It ain't me, babe. I'm not going to ride that train any longer. I'm not going to chase after things that disrupt my peace of mind. And I'm not saying that you should bury your head in the sand or withhold from doing good things. But are you staying informed or are you staying infuriated. What steps can you take to be at peace with yourself? You might need to take a break from whatever is stealing peace from your life. Rather than indulging those treaty breakers, make a plan to pursue peace in your life. We said earlier, you have a right to have peace. Maybe you need to take a break from your social media Maybe you need to unfollow or, friend or unfriend or snooze some people. But take whatever is in your life that is costing you the peace that you have the right to and put it out of your life. One of the spiritual fruit is joy. And I've always heard this great acronym, J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, you last. And I think that is a great, cha- great pattern for joy, but it works for peace too. If you want peace within, then I would suggest not only do you want to avoid those treaty breakers, but flip it and take an approach from the top and make peace with God your priority. If you don't currently have a relationship with God, then we would love to talk to you today about how you can enter a relationship with God, how He can be your Savior, so you can have that starting place for peace. But for those of you who are already believers, do you have a life verse? Is there a go-to for you when you need encouragement? Have a life verse. Have something you can hold on to for comfort when you need it. All right. For me, mine is Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. That doesn't mean that's the only verse I go to, but that's a handy one for me. I went to a wedding a few years ago, and the couple, for their wedding registry, they, um, they had a Bible out there, and they said, sign beside of your favorite verse. So I go, and I find Romans, find chapter 8, look through. I find verse 28, and another couple has already signed their name beside of it. So I went, I found another Bible, and I swapped out the pages, So that I could write my... all right. some of you are are disgusted and horrified. I'm kidding, okay? I wouldn't do that. I signed my name a little bit lower, and I drew an arrow, because I'm a peacemaker, alright? So whether what happens to me is good or very bad, I have this perspective to remind myself that God is working all things for my good. God is working at a higher level I may not be able to see it, but that brings me peace. All right? And, and you, can, you can borrow that one if you want, just if you get to a wedding before me, you might want to wait. But, are you, but, you, but there are many verses that you can pick from. Okay? Are you concerned about the direction the world is headed in? Well, there's John 1.5 for that. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You're worried about what people will think if you talk openly about your faith. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you have a past that you wish was different? Well, let me introduce you to Isaiah 1.18 Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. You're wondering, is showing kindness to others, is it worthwhile? Well, you have 1 Peter 3.13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? All right, all the Bible is important, but it's okay for you to have some go-tos that help you have peace. But folks, if you want peace in your life, you're going to have to be intentional. You can be A treaty maker or you can be a treaty breaker. Make a treaty with yourself. I'm not going to indulge the things that steal peace from me. If that means I have to take a break from social media then that's what I'm going to do. If I have to stop watching a particular TV show, if I have to stop going to a particular place, Because I get triggered every time I go there. Whatever that looks like for you, say, I'm going to stop chasing the things, places, and people that steal peace from my life. And I'm going to replace the time spent on those things with a better focus on loving God, on being good to people, and on doing things that I actually enjoy. So as we get ready to go out of here, just, just in your life, go be peacemakers. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to be together. I just thank you for your word and the peace that we can have just by, by knowing you and drawing close to you. If there's anybody in here today who isn't at peace, just please just help them to take this word and just apply it to their lives so they can, they can make the kind of treaty they need to with themselves. If there's anybody in here who doesn't know you as their Savior, Just impress it upon their heart that they come and make that first step today. And I just ask you, please, just help us to go out of here and be peacemakers and, and be people who show a difference in the world so that we'll be called children of God. I thank you for all that you've done for me. First, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.